0: For nearly four years, Pacific Rim nations have been chasing a trade deal. This Radio New Zealand insight considers the negotiations with just weeks to achieve some sort of Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement.
1: The proposed Pacific-wide trade deal, known as TPP,
2: is touted as a 21st century agreement by its proponents. Our future is going to depend on our ability to connect. That's why we need the freer movement of goods, yes, but also services and capital uh, and people. Its opponents call it an attack on national sovereignty.
0: Facilitating supply chains often means offshoring jobs, it means creating financial instability from unrestricted capital flows, it means intrusions on uh, protections on data privacy.
1: I'm Patrick O'Mara, and this Insight explores TPP as trade ministers thrash out a deal in Singapore to try and complete the talks by the end of the year. New Zealand has been involved in these negotiations since the beginning. Six o'clock, good evening. Parliament's paved the way for New Zealand to ratify a four-way trade deal with Chile, Brunei and Singapore. The Trans-Pacific Partnership started life in 2005 as a trade agreement between Brunei, Chile, New Zealand and Singapore, called P4. By 2010, the talks expanded to include another eight, among them the United States. The TPP now involves 12 nations, including the world's third biggest economy, Japan, which came on board only a few months ago. The Asian Rim is represented by Brunei, Japan, Malaysia, Singapore and Vietnam, the Pacific by Australia and New Zealand, and the Americas by Canada, Chile, Mexico, Peru and the United States. Collectively, the 12 TPP economies represent more than 27 trillion US dollars in gross domestic product. The President of the Peruvian Chapter of the Chilean Peruvian Business Council, Juan Raffo, believes the proposed regional free trade area is a compelling goal.
3: It involves a market of 780 million people, almost 40% of global GDP, 26% of global trade.
1: And other pro-business groups view the planned deal as a replacement for failed wider agreements. The Emergency Committee of American Trade is a business lobby group in the United States. Its president, Calvin Cohen, says with the Doha trade talks now stalled for more than a decade, the TPP is a close runner-up.
4: We see TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, as the next best thing to a multilateral agreement. A successfully negotiated trade agreement will support jobs, in the case of TPP, supporting jobs in 12 countries in terms of what it will do for business and agriculture. It will strengthen them and allow them to grow.
1: Measures to promote trade in the region make sense for New Zealand, whose prosperity is increasingly tied to the Asia-Pacific region. More than 70% of New Zealand's trade and investment flows through the region. The executive director of the Auckland-based International Business Forum, Stephen Jacoby, who's a supporter of New Zealand's push for unfettered access
2: to markets, says New Zealand's free trade credentials are second to none. New Zealand has always been seen as the champion of um you know better rules around uh, trade and investment for the simple reason that we don't have any other option. We live by trade. We're at the far end of the Pacific. Uh, We need to do something to influence the environment we're trading into. That gives us an amazing um, uh, incentive, if you like, to get these things right. Um, I think the other great thing about New Zealanders in in trade is that we're very patient, so we can stay with the game over the long-term period. But yes, New Zealand has excellent um, credentials, but I think also seen as a very reasonable, realistic country, particularly coming out of our deep involvement in the the GATT, and then the founding of the WTO.
1: But the TPP is about more than just reducing barriers to allow countries to trade. It's touted as a 21st century agreement that recognises the changing way of doing business, where firms operate in a number of countries to produce their wares. Stephen Jacoby says
2: this agreement will create a seamless business environment. Well, I think 21st century means that this agreement needs to speak to the new way in which business is being done in the region and globally. What determines competitiveness of nations today is their ability to supply into these value chains. You just have to think about how an iPhone is made and the number of components coming into it from all sorts of different um, places, from multiple jurisdictions. That reality is also true for New Zealand, whether we are supplying wood into um, uh, you know, furniture-making operations in China that are, then are re-exported to the United States, or we're supplying food into food processing operations um, into Japan that are then re-exported elsewhere in, in, uh, in Asia, or, or we're supplying um, componentry or software or whatever. It's the ability to participate in these regional supply and value chains that's the new name of the game that we have to be in. And I don't think New Zealand uh, yet has realised the extent to which our future is going to depend on our ability to connect. Mr
1: Jacoby says the big prize is access to the heavily protected dairy consuming markets of the United States and Japan. However, not everyone is a supporter of the TPP. Speaking while at a World Trade Organisation gathering in Bali, an Auckland law professor, Jane Kelsey, says she's sceptical about the benefits of the deal to New Zealand. She says the TPP undermines a country's sovereign right to determine its own economic course.
0: It reaches deep into the domestic decisions on policy and regulation that should be the responsibility of the Parliament and which New Zealanders should have a say in both devising and changing over time as needs must. And the second is that it's essentially driven by the US to advance its strategic and foreign policy interests at the same time as advancing the commercial interests of its transnational corporations. Those interests are not in the interests of ordinary New Zealanders. <laughs>
1: Another who has doubts is the economist at the Council of Trade Unions, Bill Rosenberg, who thinks workers and consumers could lose heavily.
2: When you look at the lineup of people in New Zealand who are concerned about it, it's growing, and it's, it has comes from some quite surprising quarters, such as Consumer New Zealand, Foundation of the Blind, Trade Me, Internet New Zealand, a whole range of, of organisations who are in that case concerned largely about the use of uh, copyright and patents to restrain their ability to either for new companies to develop and be innovative in New Zealand, or in the case of Consumer and, and Foundation of the Blind, the ability for consumers to get the goods they need or the, the special equipment and, and books that people with sight problems need. The technology
1: writer at Consumer New Zealand, Hayden Green, says those fears became real last month when leaked documents exposed deep rifts between America and other countries about the need for tougher copyright, patent and drug protection rules. He says the leaked documents show the United States proposals would abolish parallel importing, which would push up the price of some goods.
5: If I am a rights holder and I have a product that's being made overseas, a book for example, Um, and there's a New Zealand publisher and a US publisher, and the US publisher's put out theirs, someone buys a whole bunch of cheap books in the US, brings them over, I can say, I can veto that and say, no, you're not allowed to bring that shipment into the country, you have to sell through the local retailer, which means that local retailer then has a monopoly on the market, so an increase in prices, which is what we had before we had parallel importing in New Zealand.
1: Mr Green says even your DVD could be useless if stricter rules are adopted.
5: Right now, New Zealand has multi-zone DVD players, and so, you know, you get a a Zone 2 DVD, and you go, well, I can't watch that because I'm in New Zealand. Under New Zealand law, you're allowed to get around that if you have legally purchased the disc and it's not a pirated copy, you just bought it in another country, and the only restriction is because you don't live in that country, you're allowed to get around it.
1: The government has assured the public that the future of the drug-buying agency Pharmac is non-negotiable. But even if Pharmac continues... Jane Kelsey says there are many ways the agency could be rendered toothless.
0: The intention is to neuter Pharmac uh, through two directions. Uh, one is through the intellectual property rules and the WikiLeaks um, uh, exposure of the draft text gave people some taste of what was in there. Indeed, since then, the US has come up with more proposals that would leave New Zealand the worst off of any of the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement countries uh, through those changes to patent rules. And the second is through a quaintly worded annex called Transparency in Healthcare technologies which would give the drug companies more leverage over the processes and decision-making of Pharmac. So Pharmac won't disappear, it's just its effectiveness will be seriously undermined.
1: Even the promised large dairy gains could prove illusory. While awaiting a flight, the Professor of Farm Management and Agribusiness at Lincoln University, Keith Woodford, told me China's insatiable appetite for New Zealand's dairy and meat products has meant the previous eagerness to get access to the
6: US has dimmed. The gains from dairy from the TPP are actually quite small. We need to include dairy in the TPP because it would be a really bad look if we didn't. But uh, the reality with uh, the United States is that they're now exporting 18% of their milk. They're actually the world's second biggest dairy exporter. And, of course, they're putting these products onto the international market at international prices. So they're cost-competitive. So the idea that uh, we're going to put a lot of dairy products into the United States uh, is nonsense. That, That was a powerful argument, and it looked to be valid five years ago. But the American dairy industry has moved on, and, no, that's not a big market for us in the future.
1: Professor Woodford says the government should be careful when the political bargaining starts.
6: It's uh, sort of a bit ironic that yes, a lot of our dairy future is tied up with TPP countries, but it's not necessarily tied up with the TPP agreement, and that we already have um, a free trade agreement with the ASEAN countries, who will also be part of the TPP.
1: So, how is TPP viewed by those in other countries involved in the talks?
6: I want to thank all my fellow leaders uh, for their partnership and their commitment uh, to making the TPP a reality.
1: uh, In the US, President Barack Obama has put the TPP at the centre of his administration's trade policy, and the White House has been a key driver of contentious issues like stricter copyright and patent protections. The American trade lobbyist Dr Kalman Cohen is unapologetic about that.
4: IP is extremely important for the United States. Much of our economy is based on innovation and the innovators would like to have that innovation protected.
1: Dr Cohen says greater protection of intellectual property also benefits New Zealand firms.
4: One of the areas that's extremely important for New Zealand is having more access to markets of the other 11 countries for your dairy products. Similarly, increasingly in New Zealand, you are world-beating innovators, whether it comes to the entertainment field. I mean, everyone uh, is in love with the Hobbit movies. You want your creativity to be protected. Peru, a fertile field
1: for your investments. Supporters of the planned partnership, like Peru's Juan Rafo, says free trade has been a clear winner for his country, with exports growing on average 20% a year in the last decade.
3: And in Peru, more or less, public opinion is more than two-thirds in favour of the TPP and in favour of engaging actively in the FTAs with the rest of the world and, of course, more specifically with the APEC region.
1: Peru and America signed a Bilateral Free Trade Agreement, or FDA, in 2006, which took effect in 2009. That agreement includes tougher copyright and patent rules. While Peru does not have a body like Pharmac that negotiates to get the best deal on drugs, Mr Ruffo says fears that medicine prices would go up did not happen.
3: We know regulations on patents will not affect public health or increase the cost of medicine, as argued by several economists. On the contrary, greater competition introduced through tariff reduction makes medicines cheaper and more accessible to consumers.
1: Even on the contentious Investor State Dispute Settlement Rules in the TPP, which give foreign investors the right to sue governments over policy changes if they breach trade treaties, Mr Raffo says Peru will stand to gain. While New Zealand's investment rules are considered robust by international standards, Mr Raffo says that's not the case in his country. He says stronger rules, as proposed under the TPP, will improve Peru's business climate.
3: The whole relation between government and business improves when there's this type of agreements or this type of arrangements in place. Let's say there's an enhancement of the quality of government we have in internally a lot of problems with our judiciary system, a lot of problems with regulations and so forth. So we in the business sector see it as an enhancement of the, in the good sense after a free trade agreement or after an FDA.
1: Despite concerns around this might limit sovereignty?
3: Exactly. Well in, in our case in particular some some of our colleagues disagree but let's say, decrease in sovereignty is an increase in confidence, an increase in stability.
1: But, just as in New Zealand, there are critics of the TPP in other countries who argue such deals are not all they're cracked up to be.
0: I am honored to welcome you all to the White House this morning as I sign the legislation implementing the historic free trade agreement between Australia and the United
1: States. Australian-born Jeremy Malcolm lives in Kuala Lumpur and works for Consumers International. He says Australia's free trade agreement with the US, which came into effect in 2005 and covers many of the areas outlined in the TPP, shows the limitations of these deals.
7: When Australia entered into its free trade agreement with the US some years ago, that was exactly why we agreed to the tough IP provisions. We increased our copyright term from 50 to 70 years even though a parliamentary inquiry had found that it wouldn't actually be in our economic benefit to do so. So we did it anyway because we thought we would get additional market access. And um, in the end, the additional market access that we got was pretty limited. Um, We still don't have access for our sugar producers, and the US is, is still holding that back even in the TPP. So one has to wonder, is the additional market access that we're going to get worth giving up our sovereignty over these other issues.
1: Opponents argue corporations, not workers or consumers, will be the winners.
2: TPP could be more corporate influence over
7: my government's economic policy. TPP could mean that I feel less secure.
1: Zenro Ren is a trade union federation in Japan. One of its directors, Kaisuke Fusei, says the planned partnership benefits just the top 1% of society.
7: I don't think this is a trade agreement. This is not a trade agreement. I think this is a kind of intervention from the United States and the multinational. It's not a good thing. So, because, um, uh, for example, like Toyota or maybe Nissan, these uh, Japanese huge manufacturing company will make a profit by TPP, but it's, it is not the case for Japanese people to be benefited from these companies. Under the current type of globalisation, only few companies, uh, global companies, will win, but the others are should be losers.
1: Those thoughts are echoed by most TPP opponents. Bertru Kaluch is an intellectual property lawyer with Public Citizen, a non-profit consumer rights advocacy group based in Washington. She says the limited information that seeped out of the TPP talks has provoked a lot of reaction against it in the US. But Ms Kaluch says these groups... Many small and focused on just one issue cannot compete against the might of the corporates.
3: You can't see any consumer groups here on that list, you know, advising the United States Trade Representative. So it's all about corporation. It's not about the consumers, or it's not about the workers, or it's not about the the local industry. It's all about big multinational corporations.
1: The intellectual property chapter exposed by WikiLeaks last month showed how divisive these talks have been, even among the countries involved. Consumer International's Jeremy Malcolm says in an agreement demanding fewer barriers and looser rules to promote trade, intellectual property stands out as an area demanding greater regulation. The pirates are out to get you.
7: Piracy costs jobs. Whereas everything else is about liberalising market access and having uh, lower tariffs, lower barriers, the IP chapter is actually about the opposite. It's actually about raising barriers. So it's anti-trade. Um, and and so it is a really odd fit, but uh, I think that ship has unfortunately sailed. We have to deal with it as best we can. So what we should be doing is to just try and make sure that the IP chapter is as flexible for uh, countries as it possibly can be. So, for example, um, one of the positions that New Zealand and other countries are asking for in regards to the copyright term is just to say that countries can choose whatever copyright term is consistent with their other international obligations.
1: Many opposition groups are now working together internationally to raise public awareness of the potential implications of the TPP. Bertu Kaluch at Public Citizen Says the public is in the dark because of the lack of access to both the text being negotiated and the various positions being held by each country.
3: TPP is not a new thing. We've been dealing with TPP almost three years now. And we were trying to raise awareness and tell people what's in the TPP with our limited knowledge. But now, after the Wikileaks, people can see what is in the TPP and everyone is concerned. So people should know what these negotiators are negotiating there on behalf of them.
1: Consumer New Zealand's Hayden Green says the refusal of the government to acknowledge and discuss the implications of what tougher intellectual property rules may mean for New Zealanders has fostered what he calls an alarming level of ignorance and disinterest.
5: Last December, there was a TPP negotiating round in Auckland, and I went up for that. And in the cab from the airport, the Herald that that week had been running a lot of editorials because it was a big deal, you know, this big international trade deal being negotiated at Sky City. And so I was in the cab on the way into town, and I said to the taxi driver, Have you heard about this TPP thing? You know, international trade agreement, you know, could get rid of parallel importing and stuff. And the taxi driver was like, Nope, have never heard of it. And I thought, wow, well, if, if this is exactly the type of thing that taxi drivers normally love, you know, bloody government doing this sort of thing to us again. And he hadn't heard of it.
1: Mr Green says people suddenly switch on if you talk about ending parallel importing, no more
5: multi-zone DVD players or higher drug prices. Consumer New Zealand, we're trying to educate all of our members about it. We, we're writing up um, a fair amount of stuff about it the the problem being that you know people hear trade talks and then they just they blank because it's not exactly an exciting thing. If you say to them the government wants to get rid of your DVD player or the government wants to increase met, uh, the price of medicine, those sorts of things the the public gets more involved when you when you say things like that. When it's just this trade deal could involve blah blah blah, it gets bogged down, so people just turn off.
1: But American trade lobbyist Dr. Calman Cohen says secrecy is essential in trade deals. Otherwise, they'd never get done.
4: Let's say you wanted to sell your home and you wanted to get the best price for your home. You could tell a number of uh, folks who came to see your house what my bottom offer would be, my lowest offer that I would accept. And you might undermine yourself because you could get something that was far better in terms of the price for your house. Countries are not unlike individuals like you or me, They don't want to put out their best offer too early, and so what you're going to see is a lot of negotiation going on, but it's a give-and-take process, and a lot of that requires that it not become fully public, because once it becomes fully public, it almost becomes impossible to negotiate.
1: Stephen Jacoby says recent leaks on the intellectual property talks should reassure the public that New Zealand's
2: negotiators have defended New Zealand's interests against American demands. The point of this exercise is to find the points of consensus, to find the best way forward, to find where our interests align. It won't mean that one country, even the United States, can dominate this um, negotiation, as we see in that chapter that was leaked, which was one snapshot of one time in this negotiation as we see from that chapter, the United States isn't calling the shots on this negotiation. So I think this should give us um, greater confidence that um, our officials are trying to find um, a way through uh, on all this very complicated matter.
1: Mr Jacoby says people will get their chance to find out how the TPP will affect them once the negotiations are complete, though critics argue it'll be too late by then. Trade ministers are in Singapore to try to reach an agreement before the end of the year, a self-imposed deadline. Peru's Juan Rafo will be disappointed if nothing major is announced in the coming
3: week. We have to be optimistic, we have to be straightforward, but all in all, we have to persevere. If this gets derailed or delayed, we have to continue our push. And I think it's, uh, it's the only hope, because as you see, the WTO... Is really back to, you know, scratch. There's nothing there. And we have to advance for the benefit of all our countries and all our populations.
1: Our trade lobbyist, Dr. Calman Cohen, says the TPP benefits are too large to forego easily.
4: Expanding trade and thereby economic growth and support for jobs in the 12 countries at the negotiating table. That's a tremendous achievement. And if for consumers it brings choice in products and services that are available to them, if for consumers it means they will have more competitive pricing, I think it will be judged a great success.
1: Dr Cohen doesn't expect the deal to be properly wrapped up until early next year. The New Zealand free trade advocate, Stephen Jacoby, says he hopes trade ministers will concentrate on ensuring a comprehensive quality agreement
2: rather than meeting a fast approaching and artificial deadline. Nothing's over till it's over, so uh, we're not at the last point yet. Uh, And indeed, we might need to continue into the new year. I mean, if that's the price of a good agreement, then so be it. Uh, I think we shouldn't be held to artificial deadlines. But uh, the important thing is that people are doing the work. But yes, complicated, uh, yes, intense, uh, and there's a lot at stake. Even the TPP opponents are resigned to it being completed. The
1: Auckland law professor, Jane Kelsey, says the danger is many countries, while steadfast now, could cave in once the US dangles the lure of access to its large and lucrative consumer market. Professor Kelsey says foreign policy and political deal-making is driving the TPP, not rationality.
0: If you were rational, you'd look at the state of the negotiations and the fraught areas that are not resolved, in particular the intellectual property areas on medicines and on copyright, the environment chapter, the state owned enterprise chapter, and the uh, market access issues, and you would say they can't do a deal. But you get a bunch of trade ministers in a room uh, who are going to focus around market access, and there is a very high risk, especially if the US is chairing it, that they will come out with political decisions that are quick and dirty and dangerous. And we have to hope that rationality prevails, uh, but there are plenty of instances, unfortunately, previously, where it is not.
1: Consumer internationals Jeremy Malcolm says pressure to complete a deal will test leaders. Mr Malcolm says they need to remember it's not the only option.
7: We just want to make sure that our negotiators know that we're not willing to give up public health or um, internet freedom for the sake of getting this deal through. There are other options. There are other regional um, FTAs that will also be equally lucrative and which may include China even if they don't include the US. So we shouldn't think that the TPP has to go through at any cost. It certainly doesn't. Um, Most of the countries negotiating it already have relatively low um, tariff barriers between themselves and the US. So this is not the be-all and end-all trade agreement. This is nice to have, but not nice to have at any cost.
1: But the TPP appears to be the model for future regional deals, and economic heavyweights like South Korea and China have already signalled their interest in exploring the possibility of joining the TPP at some stage. I'm Patrick O'Mara, and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us... You can send an email to insight at or send us a tweet at rnz underscore insight. I wrote and presented that programme. It was produced by Philippa Tolley with technical production by Chris Keogh.